Somebody said the football's a matter of life and death to you. I said, listen, it's more important than that. Would Tramie be fighting it as hard if they were 15th in the league? Not for me, Clive. You know, you've got Sunderland, Portsmouth and Ipswich in our league now, in League One. They're massive clubs. Not for me, Clive. Because it will come back around, there will be something that will benefit other people as well. Not for me, Clive. Hello and welcome to Man Marking, this week's Not For Me Clive, which is entitled You're Not Fit To Wear The Shirt. Today we'll be discussing player criticism, both on the pitch in the stadium, online and in other forms as well. Exactly. Ain't even playing. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I know. Let's buy a left back because we clearly need one. But I'm going to play a right back in the, his fucking position. <laughs> Seriously, it's like fucking hell. I reckon Arsene Wenger is deliberately sabotaging the next two years so whoever takes over has such a fucking impossible job. He can sit there and go, well, "I told you it ain't easy." <laughs> fucking hell, Robbie. <laughs> abuse I receive you know uh, if I do a commentary um, it's, it's my opinion I, it's 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 horrible it's vile um, and when it crosses the line to your family members you know my son now as you said Jake is um, is, a, is a young player at Manchester United and, and I've advised him in no uncertain terms that why would he go on social media mm. because what is he, he watching what is he doing I don't need to speak eight languages and I don't need to be in a manager before to see that we're a fucking shambles. If to be honest, I mean... you're a wanker, mate. That's who he is. You're a wanker. You're a wanker, mate. You're a fucking wanker. The only thing I've seen change is Arsene Wenger's fucking salary. The man takes us to fifth place, and he gets a two million pound pay rise. Behave, will ya? Do you know what I mean? Chips Keswick, fucking Dick Law. What kind of chief negotiator are you? I don't care if we've got time to go. Being on Instagram, it's it's not even fun for us anymore. You're not enjoying your 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 profile. I'm scared to even look at my direct messages anymore because it could be filled with anything. I don't even have Twitter on my phone anymore because. It's almost certain that you're going to get some sort of abuse, like especially after games and stuff, because it happens so freely. Lads, Anthony, Ryan, as per usual, you're joining me today. How are we? Good, mate, yeah. Really good. Really good? Yeah, really good. Really good. Ryan, are you really good? Yeah, yeah, really good. Ryan's really good as well. Um, you're not fit to wear the shirt? Well, don't say that. It doesn't fit. Oh. <laughs> Your shirt's not fitting you. Um, yeah, so we've spoken about this a number of times before in terms of with former former footballers, current footballers, about maybe the stick they get from the stands, some of the abuse they get online. We certainly spoke to that to Carl about that, uh, to Luke Moore as well. Obviously not footballers, but in and around the uh, the football sphere, the football world. I kind of going to open up the, the sort of table to you then. And it's been going back a long time. It's not a new thing. It's 
developed it's 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 adjusted the way that it's kind of been sort of portrayed through sort of social media and you know probably I suspect maybe comes through the media then into the social media and, and, and it sort of developed the way that it's kind of come across and the way that it's 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 done by supporters for you then when I say player abuse what kind of springs to mind uh, so I was well we were talking about it in the production for the for the episode and I mentioned <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> Should we do that again? <laughs> Whip the horse. <laughs> trying to stop <laughs> Go on, start again. Uh, uh, and what comes to mind? So in the production for the for this episode, I, I flashed my mind back to when I was about six, and I remember seeing the uh, the burning effigy of David Beckham after the '98 World Cup. Oh yeah. Um, of everything he used to be yeah and I think that is certainly one of the, it's a different form than it is today but it's certainly one of the earliest things that I can remember um, it was you know it was mainly portrayed by the by the media by the newspapers it was it was a, a thing that was carried on and on and on and weirdly enough uh, David Beckham then became a golden boy and became the captain yeah. it was so out of order it was ridiculous and it's it's why you know a lot of a lot of fans don't like the international game to, to begin with because of the stick that they get at these tournaments. They're so high profile. Yeah. And, and, you know, England had a chance of, of going quite deep into that tournament and, and what happened happened. And then, obviously, we've got, you know, it's, it's carried on from there uh, and it's kind of, you know, it's just grown into a monster. You know, the introduction of social media has become such a, a place where you can just hide and just throw rocks at people and run away, really, can't you? You know, we've well, seen it recently. As I said at the beginning of this, it's not a new thing. No, definitely and, not. And, no. and I think when we talk about, I think often this conversation's particularly sort of way, way back and sort of, sort of 60s, 70s, 80s, particularly the 80s, is it often comes around kind of racial abuse, homophobic abuse, those type of things. Nowadays, I would say that whilst those things are still prevalent, it's sort of different in the way that it, the, the, the abuse comes about. Mm. I suppose then what I would be looking at would that kind of burning effigy thing that we we I think when we were discussing it, you don't really see that type of kind of public demonstration of it. it's more than online now. But I suppose in a way it kind of amounts to the same thing. Why do you kind of think then that? And this is kind of a basic question. It's kind of a very broad question. But as a football fan. Why do you think the football fans think it's okay to give that much stick to footballers? I mean, they're allowed in stadiums. They're allowed. You're allowed to sweat. There are like warnings and and and, and the like around the grounds, but you are allowed. You know, you're not going to get thrown out unless you grow too far across the line, and it's only decided by you know stewards and police officers where that line is, and that can be different in. in each different match with that David Beckham being an effigy why did he go to that length I don't think I'll ever understand why anyone would go to that length it, it was very disappointing what happened you know back in 1998 where you know he, he lashed out but I think you look back at it now and people are going well he just got done by Simeone like it, yeah. it's not the same anger and obviously it's you know at that time what the, th- the, the thought process of going I'll go buy a doll dress him in a Beckham shirt waste however much that shit cost back then and just <laughs> set it on fire and it was just like but we've seen it with we've seen it before and we've seen it you know like around that time it seems to be I, I do remember other examples of it happening um, and when Beckham came back and played in England that 
that next season he got a load of stick, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, went on to, to win the league and the Champions League and the treble and the United the next season, <laughs> didn't he? So it obviously had an effect on him. But I tell you when else I remember seeing it, and it's 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 slightly different, but again it, it shows a different kind of the way that it sort of augments itself. And then uh, when you kind of in the moment you don't realise how ridiculous it is, but then when you look back on it, do you remember when England didn't qualify for the Euros when they lost to Croatia? Mm. And then the yeah. next game, the next you know Premier League weekend, which must have been probably I think that Croatia game was midweek, was it, or was it a Saturday yeah, evening it was or something? Yeah. And then the next game. I always remember it from Gerrard was playing for Liverpool at Newcastle and all the Newcastle fans were just booing Gerrard. It was around the country, they were all booing All the players were getting booed but I remember Gerrard because he smacked one in the top corner, didn't he? Mm -hmm. And the whole ground just went silent. And it it just feels ridiculous because it's kind of like, like, why are people doing that? Like, I just don't get it. Like, it's so odd. And I've, and it's always been, and and like, we've spoken about it on, on other things before about the way that you behave at football matches and does that kind of encourage other behaviour? Ryan, for you then, as another match-going football fan, why do, why do you think that the people feel as though it's almost like acceptable to talk to footballers in a in a way that you wouldn't speak to somebody else? Well, this this isn't an excuse in the slightest, but I think it starts by the fact that they care and they're attached. Um, talked about tribalism before. It, it's it's either the country or the team or the town or the city. Uh, I think that's often where it stems from, and it just goes too far. It's just as simple as that. People, I'd say most people respect for aren't they? And there's always going to be a few. And I think the way it's portrayed in the media doesn't help as well. Um, everything needs to be sensationalised. If you look at Sky Sports News this year, the biggest story was probably Harry Maguire getting himself into a little bit of bother. Because, yeah. let's be honest, it's probably a little bit more exciting than Sheffield United signing a fullback or something. So it doesn't help that I think everybody eggs each other on whether it's online, whether it's in the media, whether it's in the ground. Um, do, you think admit, it, do you think that's what it is then? Do we think that's what it is? I think it's a, it's a whirlwind. It's just an absolute... People just up. get caught up in the... I, 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 I mean, there are... There's some people that just clearly take it too far and probably should get banned and often do because they do it enough times that they end up getting banned eventually. Um, I must admit... Um, Last year at a football ground, I saw somebody arrested for homophobic slur, and I've never seen that before. So I do think people are clamping down on it. This week we saw, um, was it Landon Donovan's team? Yeah. And then I know that was player to player, but they took themselves off the pitch. I think Sky Sports are recently they're targeting a campaign about abuse. I think a lot of their presenters might get online. Yeah, they've done quite a few videos and stuff. So I they? do think that, like everything we discuss, it is it is trending in a in a direction, um, one that's improving. And I think now you can't get away with as much. So because there's cameras, because there's there's people always on the mobiles. I think stadiums are now equipped with. With, like I think at Old Trafford they can literally spot any seat they can just go to any seat yeah they can pick it out from your so ticket book and stuff think, can't they I do think that we are trending in a direction where it, it's coming away from what it would have been in the 70s and 80s it would, would have just been horrific I imagine what the players had to go through so one thing I would ask then is is that from the footballers that we've spoken to and when we ask them about abuse from, from the, the, the crowd I mean we've never played in front of 20,000 people calling us all sorts there was one game that I played when I was playing in Manchester and there was a few hundred people there and I got a load of stick. I was playing right wing and I got a load of stick from a group of fellas because I was the only person from Merseyside in the whole ground. 
was just getting a load of you're horrible scouse bastard for the old game I'm from the Whittle leave me alone <laughs> and it proper wham I mean I was only 18 at the time and I was, I'd never experienced it before because I'd only ever played like amateur football and I was just getting stick from all these random fellas who were like 50 and I remember going to take a throw in and they were up at the boards, giving me pure stick. You just got your ordnance survey, man. There's, there's a distance, there's a river between us. <laughs> it's a CH postcode. It's Cheshire, if anything. Well, after I shanked that, um, we volley on Soccer AM, and I remember a few weeks later coming out of um, a pub, and some lad I knew who was actually quite a good football was just bladdered. He was like, Yo, shit, what foot are you on? <laughs> and I was proper devastated. I was just like, Oh, no, let's find the pitch now. I'm better than like, cause I can't even imagine getting abused to the level the players get. Well, that's what I mean. So I suppose then that what I would ask then is, is that so players kind of just assume that it's a natural byproduct of being a footballer. It almost gets to the point with them where you ask them about it and they just they don't even recognize it because they're just so used to it. But can we have football, can we have professional football without? without people being abused like can we do that I think again it comes down to definitions of what abuse is Um, well I suppose any of it have you ever there was I remember taking a picture and putting it on Twitter once years ago Jordan Henderson was taking a corner at Old Trafford and he's walking over to take this corner and he puts the the ball into the corner and there's just these fellas stuck behind them and it was like 10 minutes into the game nil nil nothing had happened and they were just screaming at him and I was just watching it and I was just like like, what are you doing? See, like, I don't what, think, like, why are you doing that? I don't think you're ever going to eradicate, and I don't even think football would attempt to eradicate, you're a wanker, you're a bell, and all them type of shouts. I think there just has to be a line when you get personal with a player. Um, but because you, some you, players but, play up to it, so a goalkeeper taking ages on a goal kick because they're winning 1-0, he'll always be called a wanker. But do we do we need that? Can we have it without that? I, I don't, don't think you'll ever get there. Yeah. But, 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 it, but by saying we'll never get there, does that just... Does that just alleviate us ever having to deal with the problem I think it makes you I think the only way you get eradicated is when you play behind closed doors because by the way I'm not saying for any second that players deserve to be abused I'm, I'm not for it at all it's not something I'm very comfortable with happening but I do think swearing at a football game and shouting at a football game would, but there is a difference between going oh fucking hell that's what I'm saying yes, the, between going abuse. fuck off you you wanker I think there's a difference with, between if you're trying to as a, as a crowd get an edge over the other team I think there's a difference. Yeah, it's between, a horrible place to go, them yeah, type of things. I think yeah. there's a difference between doing that and then doing the extreme levels of it, like throwing stuff at buses, throwing, you know, all kinds of things. I and mean, we've seen that from, from pretty much every club in the world. You yeah. know, the, the most famous one I can think of is that Boca Juniors one. I mean, that's ridiculous, all yeah. that stuff. I mean, a, a, a game where it should be celebrated for, for what it is, the quality that's there, the stadium, the, the atmosphere. Yeah, the colour of it. And, yeah, and it was just an absolute farce. An absolute it was farce. a tear gas. Yeah, a tear gas in the bus. Awful, awful. But that is, I mean, that is the... That's the, extreme. The, the, extreme. the thing that football fans need to realise yeah. is half the time it's counterproductive. Yeah. So <laughs> most of the time... Like, if you look at Suarez that year, he was getting stick at Norwich, and he just literally scored three amazing goals. To be fair, goals. that is one of my favourite goals ever, just oh. because he, he misses one, doesn't he? And yeah, they're all the giving him stick, and he, and he nicks just... it off the set. I think he nicks it off Russell Martin. Yeah. I think he then megs him, and then smashes Outside it in the bottom the corner, well. and see, then does that little yeah. celebration. You see with Vardy, don't you now? Vardy's the big one, isn't he? He's the, he's the wind-up merchant. He loves it. Like, he yeah. absolutely Saw John Joe Shelby at Newport doing it to absolutely nobody, which was glorious <laughs> to see. <laughs> but the thing is, the hardest place to go is the grounds where where they're just supporting the team. I think, yeah, I, I'd agree. And, but football fans often think, like we always say, don't we, it's a joke, it needs to be partisan today, it needs to be Belgrade, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? Like, as a little joke, but... I, I, I think I, sometimes I, you just shout partisan. I know, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to hell! <laughs> yeah. But, um, 
I don't really get the enjoyment of standing up because some people do it when it's dead silence as well and yeah. you like call and play out and you're just like listen mate just, just sit down Yeah, just Embarrassing. sit down and pack it in Yeah, I've, to be fair I've done that I've stood up and, and explained to a uh, left back who couldn't shat. kick snow off a rope yeah couldn't kick snow off a rope and but stuff like that there's a difference between that and what what I think we're defining as abusive is people going and dipping into personal matters that they might know yeah. about a player yeah. and scenarios about them and using it against them mm. because that's for As me a, the worst part of football yeah I think so I think it, it goes beyond the game at that point it goes beyond the, the winning the sport it just becomes unnecessary at that point but I suppose it, it like it goes back to that question then because we have because you don't seem to get that same level of vitriol and abuse that you get from the crowds in other sports and and there's you and, and like we can say all we want about oh well people care about the club but people care about their rugby teams people care about you know whatever sport it is that they follow it, people are as passionate about that I know we've we've had this conversation around cricket but when we had them um, yeah, yeah. Mark from opening up cricket on and 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 you do get some some stick with cricket but it's not quite the same and I know there are different environments do you think football fans almost feel the responsibility to to be like that because they they see themselves in some senses as being that's what I think so. Is. The twelfth man, isn't it? It's the getting the edge over them. When you're a little club, you only get five thousand. We're a massive club. We get seventy thousand. Football's always had that dicks on the table approach. I yeah. think of where the worst place you can visit, or where the loudest ground you can go to. Where other sports don't seem to need that ego booster. Football fans seem to want. Okay, so I'll ask another question then, which goes back to something you said before about the worst place to go is where the the. The, the home team is fully back in its own team mm. one thing that I think is new has been this sort of sense of clubs and fans abusing their own players mm. I don't feel like that's something that you would have seen 20-30 years ago outside of the racial homophobic abuse which was just prevalent across society but I think this kind of and the example that we we used when we were talking about this was Granit Xhaka at, at Arsenal when he got substituted in a home game I think it was against Aston Villa yeah, and yeah. he he got booed off the pitch and he basically was going he was basically giving it back to them mm. and then that got him more abuse threw the captain's arm man on the floor stormed off didn't he mm. now he's obviously come back and, and had some retribution and he was wearing the, the captain's arm and then the cup game against Liverpool the week or so ago so he has kind of turned that round but I do think this is a new phenomenon over the last. I don't know how long, and I don't really know where it comes from. I think it's. I think it's so strange. I, I remember when it happened, and there was a lot of talk about it, and I don't really think they ever really got to an in-depth conversation about it. I mean, it it got to the point where I mean, Granit Xhaka wasn't playing great football, like, but Arsenal weren't playing great football. The no. whole team wasn't playing great football, but there there seems to be these scapegoats for teams and. And that's where often they, they go and move and they go away and they go and do go to other clubs and they're largely quite successful. With Jacket, it was he put a picture up. He just had a baby, and there was it wasn't. I mean, there was a lot of congratulations on there, and I don't want to say that there wasn't. But then in amongst that, there was yeah, but you shit on a Saturday, you this, you that. And you're like, yeah. That's a picture that he's going to cherish forever and ever. It's his own personal Instagram account, and I get yeah, you've let them in, you can follow them and whatever. But like, it's ridiculous. If you, if you, you can't, you've got, you th- you got to separate the do you, two. Do you, do you think it is a new thing? I mean, you talk about it being counterproductive. That is definitely counterproductive. We've seen it. I mean, 
Tramier's left back Liam Rydalis I think we'd all say he's been a bit of a scapegoat over the years well, he's remember, been someone who's taken a lot of stick do you remember Michael Higdon Remember that? Oh god, yeah. yeah. So we had a centre forward called Michael Higdon who who was at Tramia for six months on loan, maybe, not even that, at the end of a season where we were trying to get in the playoffs and didn't quite get in the playoffs. It was that season, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. And we lost the home game to Wrexham, who who were our rivals. Yeah. At, um towards the end of the season. It was quite a big game. And Michael Higdon was seen as someone who I think a lot of it was around his attitude and he you know, he wasn't hard working enough and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Anyway, he got substituted. And I feel like this is something I've seen at Tramia more than I feel like I've heard any other ground. Is people when the substitute ball goes up and the player they don't like everyone going, Way! I don't know if it, I don't know if it happens it must happen at other grounds as well, but <laughs> it happens quite a lot, Tramia. Anyway, Michael Higdon turned round and gave a really sarcastic clap to the cop, didn't he? Which then it was like, That's disrespectful was like the thing, was the chat, and it was like You've all just been like, I'm buzzing, you're not going to be working for us anymore, you're not bad, was basically what it was. After it, and like, we, and the, basically what was happening was we weren't that good at the time and we needed a bit of a scapegoat and he was the first, the last person in. It's like last person in, first person out syndrome. Well, it all comes back to the fans will give time to a player who will work his bollocks off and fans have got no time for lazy players. No. And, yeah, and but that, the, but I think often it's a it's an optics thing because we've seen it with like Ezel and Sanchez. Sanchez was viewed as a player who absolutely ran his bollocks off, and Ezel was seen as someone as lazy. And then when they get the optus stats and stuff, Ezel ran a lot more than Sanchez did. So Sanchez does his in sprints, and Ezel doesn't do his in sprints. So I think a lot of it is down to the the body language of players and stuff, and if they're mm-hmm. seen to be doing it. Because we we've all played footy, we've played for to people who just run about loads. Not always the right thing to do to just leg it about and tackle and stuff because you might lose your shape, you might be in the wrong position, you might tie yourself out. I mean, Messi doesn't do an enormous amount of running off the ball anymore and he hasn't done for a long time. Conserves his energy for that time when he gets the ball. That's obviously an extreme environment. But I feel like this is something that has started to creep in over the last 10, 15, 20 years. Feels like a modern sort of phenomenon. I, I wouldn't say it's a, it's, a, it's a modern phenomenon to have a scapegoat. But, but to have that kind of... The, the, oh, the, a lot the, of it's a hangover though from generations so if you're good you expect your team to be good forever a lot of them Arsenal players you look at Abue, same. He, he was in tears coming off a pitch he got subbed on yeah, and got subbed was, off and he yeah. was in tears Arsenal fans have a hang up over not being the Invincibles and not being Bearcamp and Henri and but all but it can't apply players. to all clubs though it, it can't can, though, because, because, because some you look, clubs... I think the older generation of Tramia who had the Johnny King either have a lot more but then that would suggest that patient. all clubs used to be better than they are now which isn't the case no I think when it happens within a club it can often be you look at Man United for example and how unhappy they are and their scapegoats obviously Woodward and you can argue if he's doing a good job or not because they're used to winning and when you stop winning you suddenly need to vent your anger. Someone needs to be blamed for you not winning anymore. But I, but, but like, you can apply to, that to stop progression as well. If you're not but, showing any progression, not any. But we, do, we, we obviously we name the show. You're not fit to wear the shirt, and that is certainly not a chant that I feel like you would have heard on videos from the seventies. It feels more like a. Do you want to even seen as many videos though? No, you? but that, I mean, that's part no, of the but, but I mean, like, it 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 feels like it, there's a bit of a sense of entitlement. And a bit of a, a bit of a sense of I want it now. I, think, I want the thing now. I think now. what you're talking about. I want immediate about gratification. Is that we discuss football to a blue in the face now? I don't think we did then. I think you'd go the game because of the twenty four seven news cycle. You'd go home and have your tea and go to the pub, and then you'd go to next week's game. But now you don't stop talking about last week's game until next week's has started. Yeah, and I think that is a cycle that we get into that we overanalyze, and 
at the end of the analysis you need a okay then what's the answer and, it's, and he's not good enough and or, there's, there's so many different interpretations on players now as well yeah I true. mean it's not just the eye test anymore oh he looks good it's you know it's, like you said before sprints uh, touches key assists, passes key passes, passes leading it, to a chance it, look that is great that is absolutely brilliant but you can literally put that any way you want and, and I don't think that helps and it doesn't help particularly on online as well which is because I suppose in the past even maybe 10 years ago before we had so many stats that we get now like you, you see arguments and stuff online nowadays where it's like yeah but his XG is this or you know mm. his chances converted is this where is it back in the day you just watch the game and be like I quite like that player I like yeah. watching that player because that's kind of the response so the players that I remember sticking out from going to Tramia are probably players who start up be terrible so like I love Charlie Barnett who played for us for he basically had six months spell but he yeah. was really good he didn't really play an enormous amount about that and his career kind of didn't go that well after that but he was such an entertaining player to us because he was technically very gifted hmm. he wasn't he, you know he, he didn't score an enormous amount of goals he didn't create loads of chances he wasn't flying into tackles but he was just a technically gifted footballer so it was enjoyable to watch hmm. and in that era it was like I liked watching him play and that was it and then you just go home and then you'd be like, oh, I can't wait to come next week to watch him play again. Whereas, like, it has to, it almost has to, like, represent something. And I think it, it has definitely changed, though, now, hasn't it? I mean, just mentioned before about online abuse as well. And, and just for players, like, it's completely changed. Like, they could literally be, like, a, I mean, a famous one's the carrier stuff. Yeah. Isn't it? Um, you know, <laughs> a. a, a it wasn't a good performance you can't Champions say League final yeah the Champions League final was an awful performance from a goalkeeper but I mean that's such on a massive stage everyone's watching it yeah. and then it's just a big pile on online and you know I've seen people who've, who continue to tweet him to this day I mean it was a couple of years ago now and you've won the Champions League in between that would you remember they played Tramia in a pre-season friendly I don't know if it was the, the next pre, the, like the yeah. preceding pre-season or it was yeah no, it was straight and, after and we scored a goal where he dropped it and then one of our players scored and then our player gave him stick yeah. because the lad who scored for us was a Liverpool fan. He gave him stick. And I think I was just watching it and I was like, mate, you're a league... I think we were a National League team at the time. You're a National League player giving a goalkeeper stick who dropped the ball in a Champions League final. I was like, this is how ridiculous this thing has got. And like, so I suppose the thing about... So if we're kind of moving on to online... You know, we started out with, with talking about Beckham and the effigy and stuff, and that feels like the way it was kind of represented full on in the ground, you know, in person. You kind of go to the, the prevailing sort of long term thing of footballers getting abuse in the ground, just granted Jacker and taking it from your own fans. The most modern iteration, obviously, is social media abuse, and that's mm -hmm. the thing that I think is the most insidious, even though it's the most public. It's the because it's written down, anything, you know, if somebody calls you a knobhead in the pub, you'd be like, oh, you should call me a knobhead and then you'd kind of forget about it. But if someone texts you to tell you you're a knobhead or tweets you to tell you you're a knobhead, because it's written down, it's there forever, it does bite a little bit more. So I, I think then, if because the, the example that we kind of discussed was Nico Williams at Liverpool who got a load of stick after the Lincoln game, I think it was, to the point where he deleted his Twitter. I think the lad's 18, 19. Yeah. He played about 10 times at Liverpool, a team who's the best team in the world probably at the moment, them and Bayern Munich. And he's still getting abuse off people. You think, I, well, the problem I have with this is anybody can claim to represent your club. <clears throat> so I don't think Nico Williams would have been abused by genuine Liverpool fans. 
But how do you but define even, a genuine Liverpool well, that's fan? What I'm, that's what I'm sort of going to come on to. That, that, that's the problem with being able to go on Twitter, create a profile, put a badge on there or put LFC in your name. I mean, you, you might be someone from a different country that's never even watched Liverpool live, but you claim to be Liverpool supporter and you, you abuse him because you're not happy with his performance. And I think... In a, the seven, story. In, a, in a 7-2 win. Yeah, and the story <laughs> then becomes Liverpool fans abuse Williams or it could be Arsenal fans abuse Hacker, but th- th- anyone's anyone online. So I, th- I do think that the way we present these things needs to be taken with a little bit with a pinch of salt because I don't really think that everyone online does represent the club like, like you would expect. I, I think it's sad. I think it's very sad that he's, he's had to delete a profile but that could potentially reach out to sponsorships and brands that could help him throughout his career. I, I think that's pretty sad. I'd like to think that someone at the club went, no, oh, mate, just get rid of it for now. And just maybe, probably probably maybe, one of his advisors yeah. or something, or somebody who, who his agent or something just said, do you know what, even just for six months, just, yeah. just, just, just knock it on the head, get your head down. And not every football, this is an important thing. Scored the winner in a Euro qualifier about a week before, by the way, as well, in the last minute. I know. Not every, He's a very good footballer <laughs> as well. Not every... Um, if he wants to come on loan to Tramia, we'd be more than happy to have him. Not every player has... Although we so, definitely get more stick from Arla. Media, did he, either? Not, no, ev- not so, every player has no. it. So, it, it, you know, I mean, the other person, Raheem Sterling's got a lot of stick yeah. over the years, and that is a joint effort from just going from, uh, you know, you move clubs for a lot of money kind of thing, that there, there is always that, and then it is uh, carried on by the by the, by the print media, and, so it, and it always has been. And, and then it, the Joe Gomez thing. And, yeah, and the Joe, yeah, and the Joe Gomez thing, like... Which, which they basically sorted out almost yeah. there and then and yeah. weren't asked about it and everyone else was going on about it for ages like yeah. it was some oh two two work colleagues have an argument mm. so that was the story there's a lot at stake here and like there's you've got the media who chip in with it and then you've got people who just want to do a big dick swinging contest online oh my player's better than your player and I think if you're turning around to one of your own players writing a tweet and telling them how shite they are at football have a little think and go what am I doing I'm sitting on a couch watching my team what what am I doing I, it, it doesn't make any sense it, I don't think personally for me I don't think that gives you any enjoyment so to kind of sort of bring this conversation to a little bit of a conclusion then I've got two questions to ask you both then and they kind of they kind of pertain to the same thing but I'll, I'll, I'll ask them both and you can kind of answer them as you, as, as you please and Ryan, I'll start with you, mate. So do you think, and we've seen it in uh, the last week or couple of weeks or so, uh, Tramir and Forest Green have got a little bit of an online beef going on, which is slash tofu um, going on online. <laughs> Good, because, Yeah, cheers, mate. Um, a, lot of it's, a lot of it's to do with the two playoff times we played them and the, you know a little bit of a running battle. James Norwood obviously played with both clubs. Um, they've got an outspoken chairman. We've got an outspoken chairman who've kind of disagreed on some things. Anyway, Dale Vince had a little bit of a dig at Tramia fans online, which I thought was quite funny, actually, to be honest with you. It was in, the, in a different context, it, it was quite light-hearted. I thought it was funny. And then there were loads of Tramia fans who were tweeting back saying, ah, oh, you live in our head, rent-free, whilst also getting bothered by their tweet that they'd have to find because they didn't even tag Tramia in it. They just put TRFC on it. So they've found the tweet, commented on it, that they're bothered about... Anyway, that's all ridiculous. But... I suppose then that what that would would wonder to me is because clubs do this a lot. This kind of it's it's a bit of an a, a, this is definitely a new thing, the kind of in air quotes bantering over clubs 
and German clubs have done it for a long time and it seems to have come over here a little bit where like a club will tweet like the players arriving at a ground being like ready for business and then like the home team will beat them so they'll quote tweet that tweet and put like um do you, need, do, you, do you need help with your business or something crap like that and everyone's like ah ah even if they beat them 1-0 and they, the last time they played the other team beat them 100-0 they'd still be like ah it, it, it's proper embarrassing so do you think then that clubs don't help the situation because they want that because it's all about clicks and it's all about interaction it's all about it's all about traffic do they want people to be doing that yeah I ultimately? think so yeah they want that one up and stuff. They, as you say they want the more views they want to be seen as cool and I think it's quite new I think clubs are experimenting because they've never had the freedom from the club to do anything other than formal um, messages around ticket sales new signings um, what they've got in the club shop so right. all of a sudden they've got this licence to have a bit more freedom and go well we can do a bit of a funny here we did it in the week with Stefan Payne scored a goal didn't he uh, yeah. they and we tagged Rovers. Bristol Rovers yeah. and said are you going to like but I, I, think, I think that like, kind of stuff's quite funny I, I, like it, it's not the, the funniest thing you'll ever see on but Twitter I just, think, I just think that my biggest pet hate on Twitter is that kind of like uh, uh, no, it's look, so embarrassing in schoolyards but I, I'm like I just wonder if like the clubs are just stoking it and you're just like, oh, it's just irritating to stop doing that. It's proper embarrassing. I don't, we're better than this, surely. I don't think that they're stoking any abuse to be to be like, you know, giving out to anyone. I think with you know, the Forest Green thing was you know, people find it funny and I think the stuff that was said back to them was I didn't see anything terrible. I agree it's not great yeah. like to to be, you know, always talking about each other's games and stuff and whatever and blah blah blah. But I, I kind of think that's that's the kind of pub little banter kind of thing. Can I say but it that? just but looks it's, really childish? I actually think I actually think <laughs> Dale, better than that. Dale, Dale Vince knows what he's doing. Yeah, of course he does. Because he baits us to the point where, well, and our fans do get abusive with him. Yeah, they yeah. say some horrendous stuff to yeah. him. And all he needs to do now in the future is go look at I've got fifteen thousand messages here from two years span, and look what you've called me. And because he even did it with the the EFL vote, he voted for. Palace's plan. No, I mean, it, no. He's one of them characters where I'd rather people just didn't rise to it. To be honest with you, but equally, people are entitled to because that's what Twitter's for, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not in there for abuse. People are there to talk and chat, and I, I, I don't people f- aren't going to ignore it. I don't think in 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 that instance there was there was a lot of abuse, and it's clearly two clubs who don't like each other, and there's plenty of clubs up and down the country who don't like each other. You know, it happens quite a lot and it does get a little bit nasty. Like I've said before, I, I think if you're, and particularly with player abuse, if you're thinking that as a as a first point of, of oh, I'll, do, I'll do this tweet because I've got a few likes and stuff, have a little word of yourself because it doesn't make any sense. And particularly with, with Nico Williams, a young footballer, Raheem Sterling was a young footballer as well. And, you know, there's plenty of others as well. It, it doesn't quite make sense. It's, it happens at every single club now. So and it happens a lot with with women footballers as well. You know, Alex Scott has come out and and, and yeah. spoken about the abuse that she received, well, you, uh, and she is actually right now got a reputation where she is one of the best talking voices in the game. Oh, but, massively! Uh, and, and one thing that you get with with women's football a lot, and I saw a funny tweet this morning that I that I retweeted was you, there's like a funny highlight of something stupid happening in a women's game, mm. and people are like ah, this is why they shouldn't get paid as much. Ah, women's football's crap. And you're like, I've definitely seen male footballers do just as stupid things. And then we saw it in the week. It was a Copenhagen. Yeah, that, it's a that great goal. goal where it, the, the, the guy basically 
doesn't hit the bar and hits him in the face and goes in. <laughs> if that's a women's game, it's like, this is why women's football is crap. And there was a, a Swedish goalkeeper, a women's Swedish goalkeeper, and she tweeted saying something like, ah, men's football's crap, get back in the kitchen, or something <laughs> like that. And you think that's the tweets that they would get yeah. on the back of it when we've seen it so many times. My final question would be then, and Bob, I'll, and I'll, start, I'll start with you. Mm. We have spoken about the way the clubs kind of present footballers. Mm. And I think... I think we spoke about it with um, Carl Anker. We definitely spoke about it with Miguel Delaney about the way the clubs kind of present players almost not as humans. They're like this airbrush superhero type thing. They're more like an Avenger than they are like a human. So do you think that doesn't help with that kind of online abuse because people don't view them as human beings? Of course it won't. You're only going to get to see them for 90 minutes and a, and a little, little soundbite here and there. If you're not going to see them for... You know, and be open with them and show that these players are actually like normal people just trying to earn a living. I mean, you've got to be, I mean, there is a want to be a footballer, but for some, some like young people, that's not the only thing that they can do and the only thing that they can do well. Unfortunately, it's not up to them how much they get paid, how much they play, and there will be times where they don't feel fresh and they don't feel good and they're going to play badly. I walk into work and I have a stinker some days. It doesn't mean I deserve to get sacked. Yeah. It doesn't mean they deserve to get abused online. Imagine coming in and going to work. Oh, I've spilled a cup of coffee on my desk. I've, I've not. I forgot to save that Excel sheet. Yeah, exactly. You're not fit to uh, access uh, the OneDrive. And, and someone tweeting you, your boss tweeting you at home, going, "You fucking dickhead! What are you doing that for? <laughs> we pay your wages." I, I'm, like, I, I don't. I just don't. Open these players up a little more, but you know. Protect the ones that don't need it, don't that always want it. Like, and it goes back to the stuff that we spoke about on the the Darren Eady chat, and we did on the Guy Branston one as well about if footballers, you know, footballers being more human and being more real and being and showing those vulnerabilities that exist within everybody might make people treat each other a little bit nicer. Ryan, same question to you. Then the way the kind of players are presented, do you think that that helps? I, I, I just feel if a player plays bad, he knows more than anyone or she knows more than anyone that they've played bad. So you do not need to tell them. Because yeah. yeah. no one knows more than them. And for me, it's as simple as that. I, I don't really know how we'll get around it, but I do think media outlets have a responsibility to, to not keep presenting. And, and, and I say this normally about young English footballers often... Um, from from difficult backgrounds, you don't need to keep presenting them in a way that creates conversations that didn't need to be had. I.e., Raheem Sterling buys hundred thousand pound car after after defeat. What's the car got anything to do with the defeat? Yeah. That's that's the responsibility. I'd like media outlets to to be a bit better at. Um, it's jealousy though, isn't it? I that's do also is. think that as you've touched on from the effigy stuff all the way through to social media. We're now in a weird world where some people's jobs is to commentate on football, even though they're not hired by like a, a Sky Sports or a BT. They're just their own entity, um, like a football. Yeah, like they've got no, they've got nobody kind of sub editing them. Yeah, so now there's now it's weird. There's people who are verified on Twitter, and some of them are lovely. Some people like Johnny Sharples, who does it the right way. He's never abusive. No, he never overly offends. He's always funny, and you get enjoyment out of it. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what that level of banter should be. Or there's Adam Hurry, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Again, he... Football he, cliches. Football cliches. He's really good at it. So there's room for it. There's the ability to, yeah. to do it. And footballers appreciate that the job they do, they're going to get mocked now and then. But there's a fine line between light-hearted joke and calling someone... <laughs>
you want the family to depend yeah. on the and family. Also, so like, you need to draw the line. You know, I, I think I've mentioned this before. Go into the, I mean, it's so easy to go into, like, you know, see them after the game in the suites or whatever, you know, hospitality suites. Are you saying it to him then? I don't think... No, you'd absolutely bottle it, mate. Because when you go in and see that, like, six foot two and (laughs) shredded beyond belief and you stood there with your pint of Guinness and you're like, oh, God. Yeah. You played really well today. You wouldn't say it to them. You you just wouldn't say it to them. And in any sport, you wouldn't say it to them. Like Ryan said, they know they're not playing well. And it's not like we've ever been chased by a footballer down the motorway. Yeah, let's let's leave that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so thank you for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at marking underscore man and what's the hashtag these lovely listeners can use. Where's the talking lads? It's where's the talking lads. And Ryan, our next episode's out on Monday. Who will we be chatting with on Monday? We'll be chatting with Kelly Wells, the yeah. always excellent Kelly Wells. The always excellent Kelly Wells, absolutely. Chaps, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Lovely to have you. And don't pay attention whatever you do. I'm paying attention, don't you worry. Oh, lovely. Listeners, thank you for joining us once again, and we'll see you again on Monday. You can obviously support us via our Patreon, just two ninety nine a month. We've got a special episode with, with Pat Nevin on there, and Mike Jones, Joe Lolly, and some other interesting stuff from us as well. So we'll see you on Monday. You've been listening to Man Marking.